Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He is not human. He is like a machine. Making more podcasts than you've ever seen. Now he's finally back for more interviews. I hope you missed him because he sure missed you. It's the Tarrant Show. Hello everyone and welcome to the Terran Show. I have a great one for you this week. I had the great opportunity to talk with one of, if, if not my favorite survivor player ever, uh, Tyson Apostle has joined me for this week's Terran show. I had some some questions for him about pickleball, and uh, we just we just chatted for a bit. Tyson, very very fun to talk to. He is just I I find him hilarious. Uh, I hope that you enjoy this as much as I did. Let's just get straight into it. I will say ahead of time that uh, this was recorded in the past. If you're listening in the present and not the future that this matters to you perhaps but that is something to note that it was recorded slightly in the past but uh i had a lot of fun i hope you uh enjoy it here is tyson how how are you doing i'm good are we started is this it now? this is it we're ready to go there's not like intro music or this is intro music like, hey, I just throw it in later. this is taryn oh you throw it in after yeah. post-production yeah i'm used to doing the live thing with uh news af mm-hmm where we play music every time. I mean, music can be fine. I can play music for you if you want. You don't have to. No, we're fine. <laughs> where are you? Are you on the Pacific Coast? I am, yeah. I just moved to San Diego. Okay. From? Uh, from Boston. And? And? What are your thoughts? Oh, it's great. Diego? I mean, uh, it's like, uh, it's not cold. What are cold. the pros and cons? It's primarily that it's not cold. Uh, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, it's it's like sunny out right now there's no snow at what age did you realize you could move wherever you wanted and you don't have to live in a place that's freezing cold (laughs) when i when i went full-time podcasting and how what age was that um i don't know a couple years ago okay yeah it's nice to come to that realization huh yeah it was really nice and then i mean i feel like a lot of people came to that realization when the pandemic hit and people started working from home as well yeah, that made it a little easier for more people to mm-hmm. be able to just like branch out a little bit more, huh? Yeah. Uh, so. Is that is that what you have you sort of like uh, 
had that experience as well? Yeah, I grew I grew up in Utah and I always did I always did winter sports, but mm-hmm. I never loved them. I just did them out of necessity and was like I'll make the most of this winter. And then at a certain point as I got older I was like I'm not even going to try to go outside in the winter anymore. I hate it. And then I was like, well, I have money and the freedom to go where I want to. Let's go to Hawaii. And Rachel's like that's too far from everybody. I was like, exactly. You I think you get it, but you're the way you said it was the <laughs> was wasn't positive. Yeah. And she's like, no, I can't go that far. Mm. So Arizona is the compromise. Her family's from here. And I, I do enjoy Arizona. I yeah. wish I was by a beach. That's the only thing I wish is that I had an ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, otherwise it's uh, pretty great. Yeah. Just, I mean, taught, just taught in the summer, but I don't mind that. Just, just get her to get a, go a little further to San Diego and you'll be great. This was a lot, plenty of beaches. Yeah, there's plenty of beaches, but there's too many people there for me. There are a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fine. We've been to San Diego before. I don't mind visiting, mm-hmm. but I, uh, the, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to live there. No, yeah. no offense, Taryn. Oh, no. You, yeah. you prefer like, uh, like a more sort of like sparse environment with, with less people? Yeah. No people. Yeah. No people. The less people. <laughs> I, yeah. I am an extrovert but I would prefer to live an introvert's life. Yeah. Yeah. Like every time you see a person, you're just like, all right, that's, that's a minus one for the day. Yeah. No, I (laughs) I mean, it's not that serious. It's just like, I don't like crowds. I don't like getting into crowds. I don't like waiting in line. I don't like waiting in traffic. Mm. All of that stuff aggravates me. So the less of all of those things, the better. Yeah. I'm I'm very anti-crowd in general. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, but there's lots of crowds in San Diego. Yeah. It's, it's easy to avoid them though. Um, so, uh, has, have you, um, you, you said you're an, you're an extrovert. Uh, what, what does that mean to you? Like, uh, you know, if, if you like living an introvert's life, what, how are you an extrovert? I think my skill set is mostly extrovert. Yeah. My personality skill set. I'm, pretty good at talking to people. I'm pretty mm-hmm. good at making strangers feel comfortable. I'm pretty good at remembering names and remembering details about people. And uh, I can be the life of the party whenever I want to, wherever I go, pretty much. You, I mean, so, you, you really are. I mean, I know that when I, anytime I've met you in person, uh, you, uh, you just like, you're so fun to be with and you just like make uh, me at least feel very comfortable uh, as somebody that's like, Oh my God, it's Tyson. Uh, you never, you're never like uh, too cool for school, you know? Yeah. It's the long con. <laughs> exactly. Something up my sleeve waiting for you <laughs> in a few years down the road. So. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I need you, I need you to do something for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Darren, I know this whole time you assumed we were friends or at least good acquaintances. Uh, but that wasn't without, uh, reason for me and now is the moment i need to cash in mm-hmm. yeah exactly so just uh be on the ready for that all right i'm, I'm ready i'm ready uh how are you doing i injured my back recently um i have You're physical therapy that. i know um i uh I've, i i we discovered via mri that i have a a fracture in my spine um, fracture yeah that's been there for a long time um like uh, most of my life video probably. clip most of your life yeah 
that I could have been, I could have been born as a baby. (laughs) I could have been born with this, like it's called a pars defect. Um, Okay. And how uh, awesome would it be if I knew what it was? I was like, Oh yes, no, definitely. And then give you the full definition. You seem like the kind of person that could know about various injuries. I do know about it now. Yeah. Now that you told me. So then the next time I have a conversation about it, I'll be like, yeah, I know about those. Okay. Mm. So a pars defect. Yes. And so uh, what happened was that uh, I think in part due to that, I was deadlifting and I, uh, I tore some ligament in uh, my spine. And so that's, mm. that's causing me pain. I have to do physical therapy. Would you say that deadlifting is good for you? I used to think so. I thought, thought it was, that was my favorite lift. Uh huh. And now, <laughs> now I can't do it. I'm not allowed. Do you have a, you have a new favorite lift? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. What are you doing for physical therapy? You got, uh, they got you on the, uh, pulley machine that pulls your back out or do they have you on doing some electro magnetic stuff? Do they have you, doing some dry needling what's going on none of those they've done some cupping um the michael phelps did that so it's got to be good it's got to be yeah Uh, um uh lots of like stretches and um like like light exercises like uh sumo walks and that look very silly and um like some massage soft tissue kind of stuff um and uh you know it's 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 doing all right Describe the pain. Is it like a pinching, searing pain in your spine or is it like a dull muscular pain? What, uh, or is it sometimes like just jarring, like stab if you do the wrong motion? What it, is it? Yeah, it's kind of a, it, there, there's stabbing, there's pinching. Um, like, uh, when I stand up from this chair, there'll probably be a bit mm-hmm. of like an, an ache at least, uh, okay. if not a stab. Um, okay. And then certain movements uh, that we've sort of tried to identify will cause like the more intense pain. Have you been bedridden from it or no? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, so yeah. not that debilitating, just enough that you don't want to live, but not so much that you can't move. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I got the MRI recently and, and sort of before that, it was kind of just like, I have to be really conservative because I don't want to damage it further. But it okay. seems like from what I've been told, and they're telling me that I need to trust this, that I will not further damage it unless I do something dumb, like try another heavy deadlift uh, okay. and that the pain is OK, um, which I'm fine with. Like, it's not that intense. I just don't want to further injure. That's that's what I've been worried about. But right. Um, but I am excited to, like, get back to doing things again. Yeah. Are you upset at all the gains you've lost? Because yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry to break it up. I feel I feel like I've withered away. I just started I I just started working out again this week. So um Okay. It's what are you doing for workouts now? Um more like uh like bodybuilding-ish types of workouts than like strength stuff because I'm just doing like low weight, uh high volume. Um just trying to like see what I can do without, you know, pain. Okay. Well, uh good luck. Yeah, thank you. Are you on pain medication right now? Uh, no, but I may have to get injections um, into my spine if the physical therapy doesn't work. What kind of injections? Uh, in, in, injections. I, I don't know. She just said injections. Huh. Steroids, should, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. So it's it's something we're going to talk about. Yeah. In, in three months, we're going to circle back and see if the pain is better. Okay. 
Well, that's interesting. Uh, if you've had it since birth, it's uh, probably how's it going to get better? Well, the, it's the tear that's causing the pain. The the fracture is just like a, a weakness in my back. And, and, you know, I've always when I've deadlifted or squatted, there's always been like this, like, uh, like tightness um, yeah. in my back that felt like something was wrong. But I, you know, it was always there. So it's like, this must just be normal. Um, yeah, you just push through it. Yeah, exactly. So old school of you to just push through the pain. It's a dumb like old school. school AKA like, dumb. oh, my shoulder hurts from lifting. Just lift through it. <laughs> yeah. We'll add 20 more pounds and just lift through it. You're like, okay. Yeah. Coach, that was the protocol. It is like man up about it. It is pretty societal too. I mean, you know, even now we're, we're getting this sort of, uh, like, uh, like you go, go, you go into work when you're sick, right? That's, that's yeah. the thing you should do. Well, my, uh, my dad come is a contractor mm-hmm. comes from construction. I grew up working around construction. Uh, and he had a guy that worked for him that would come in all the time when he was sick. And he's like, I can stay home and feel miserable, or I can come to work and feel miserable and get paid. And that was his reasoning for coming in and infecting everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's solid reasoning on an individual it's not level. Bad, honestly, yeah. like I was like, okay, that is, uh, you know, you've brought some reason to like being tough, mm. but, uh, yeah, that doesn't work as much anymore. No. Uh, are you, are you tough? Am I, I can be tough, Yeah, but I don't strive to be tough. Yeah. I don't think. I think that's the right way to be. Yeah. Like I can be tough if I need to, but uh, it's not like I'm out to prove how tough I am to anybody. Mm-hmm. Do, so, I mean, you talked about uh, how y- you have like these extroverted skills. Have you always been this way? Have you always been Tyson, you know, uh, like I, from birth or uh, did this develop? When did this develop? You know, I probably have always been Tyson. I yeah. think I've always been kind of, you know, uh, always had my desk next to the teachers in elementary school. Uh, my mom had to come to school with me one day uh, because I was uh, interrupting the class too much from talking too much to my friends and stuff. And uh, yeah, so I think most probably, yeah, I was probably a little more uncontrollable back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I kind of, you know, it's there's rules you can break and there's rules you shouldn't break. Mm-hmm. And you need to know your boundaries that so that everybody's comfortable or most people are comfortable. Uh, but yeah, I think I've pretty much always have been. Uh, but yeah, I was always kind of like the, the class clown mm-hmm. or goofy kid in school. Skated by, got good enough grades, but then would always find ways to entertain myself. I remember in, I think in junior high, once the teacher left the room for a little while and I convinced the whole class to build a pyramid out of the desks. <laughs> so when the teacher came back, there was a pyramid to this, all the way to the ceiling of desks being built. And then all the kids were just sitting around the base level of it. And uh, we got in really big trouble. For that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you get in trouble as the ringleader? No, not as the ringleader. I don't think anybody really pinpointed me. The teacher was just like, I'm going to be gone for 10 more minutes. And when I come back, if this is not fixed, then we will have a problem. And, and what, was it fixed? Yeah, I think for the most part, as well as junior high kids can fix uh, <laughs> the mess they made. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, you're, you're not a parent. No. Uh, so you don't know this, that kids uh, typically 
cannot fix things as well as they are meant to be. Mm. So if you're like cleaning your room, it's not like your definition of being getting clean. Mm. So how how do you how do you handle that? How do you give them the right definition of clean? Uh, I think they just don't have the skill set to know fully. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, you just, I, but I, I guess probably adults are the same. Like if you are the owner of a company and you have employees and you instruct them on doing something, it's like my dad says, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So probably everybody has their own definition to a certain degree. So I guess it's not just kids. Yeah. yeah. You've, put me on the spot. <laughs> I do know that, the, I mean, this is a, obviously a huge part of your life. You are uh, a father. Did, did having kids uh, change you? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think I'm the same. I think it's, uh, I've done a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think for me, kids was like at the perfect time. Well, it wasn't even like we were planning like, okay, now is the point we have kids. It was just like, I'd, I'd been a pro cyclist. I'd been on Survivor a handful of times. I'd, you know, I'd traveled the world. I've seen everything I wanted to see. I've gone on adventures. And then at a certain point, you're like, ah, what's next? You know? And then having kids, I was like, oh, that's next. Now I get to share all those things that I love with them and experience them again through a children's wonderment, which just makes it, you know, makes it better, adds a fresh spin to it the new chapter. So yeah, do you, I don't think it's changed me. No, but do do you feel like, um, has it, has it changed your experience? I, like, I mean, like you said, you're able to experience these things through the, uh, the, the lens of your, your children. Is that, uh, has that made life better? Yeah. I mean, better. Yeah. I think having kids definitely is better, makes life better. But I think, uh, those experiences, it's just like, I mean, sometimes you forget, like even some of the mundane tasks you do in your life every day are exciting and new to somebody at some point in their life. And so to be able to experience even some of that stuff, like seeing an airplane in the sky, there was like three years where we could not go outside without having every single airplane pointed out to us. <laughs> you know, like there's an airplane. You're like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of those. <laughs> oh my God. Another one. You're like, yep. They're going to be coming through all day. <laughs> and, and it's fun. Like, you're like, oh, there's another one. You get into it with them. And uh, so, yeah. And then when they get to fly on an airplane, that's super exciting. Mm. And uh, my youngest loves to stay in hotels because she likes the atmosphere of everybody sleeping in the same room together. Mm. So she would live in a hotel if she could. Hotels and are fun. Of us are, no, they're not. <laughs> you're wrong, Karen. They are when you're a kid. They are when you're a kid. I agree. When you're a kid, they're really fun. Yeah. When you're a parent, they're not fun. <laughs> and when you're an adult, it just depends. Yeah. Depends on if you're staying somewhere nicer than your current home. Right. Yeah. Do you stay in hotels that are nicer than your current home often? I try to. Yeah. Because otherwise, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Right. I feel like hotels, it's tough. Like, because I have a memory in my head of hotels being amazing and fun because they were always nicer than where I lived. Uh, right. But but now I go to a hotel and I'm like, ah, oh, this is, I don't want to be here. Yeah. See, yeah. that means it's time for you to step up, step up your game, your hotel game. I try. It's, it's also different because uh, when you have kids, it's 
we look more for Airbnbs or for one bedroom hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. So now you're paying a premium if you stay at a hotel to have enough space for everybody. Mm-hmm. And so that also comes into play as well. So we usually stay at Airbnbs because generally they're cheaper for what you get. Yeah. But they're a crapshoot as well because you yeah. never know like which Airbnb is going to have cat poop under the bed. Yeah. Or like so. hidden cameras everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I just put on a show for him just in case. (laughs) Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You talked about uh, being a, a pro cyclist. Um, how did that happen? How do you get into pro cycling? Um, so I swam in college, but I grew up mountain bike racing as well. Mm-hmm. So those were pretty much like my two sports that my parents funneled me into. Yeah. And then I played other sports that I loved more, but my parents were like, you always have to swim and you always have to ride a bike. And little did I know that their scheme was eventually I'm not going to have enough time to do the other things that I want to do. So I ended up, uh, but I was good at it. Like I would have natural endurance and, and things. So, uh, I went to college swimming cause I was like, Oh, there's no future in cycling. And then after a little while of college, I was like, Oh, I get what they're trying to do here in college. They try to get you to go into a career at the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm not falling for this. <laughs> and so I quit school and uh was like oh i'm going to start road racing cuz that's where the if you wanted to get paid that's how you got paid was racing on the road not mountain biking and so i switched to road racing and then my dad had known some people in switzerland that were business associates of his and they also uh had raced uh race bikes in the past and had some ties to some clubs over there so my dad was like hey you could move to switzerland and race for a club over there and you know Because if you're going to race bikes, especially back then in the 90s and early 2000s and stuff, going to Europe was like the most advanced thing you can do as a cyclist. That's where cycling culture is. That's where all the biggest races are. That's where you learn. So I just moved with two bikes 
and a suitcase full of clothes and moved to Europe by myself. A guy that I'd never met picked me up at the airport and took me to an apartment and introduced me to the club. And then I was over there for six years. And I did it all to avoid getting a real job. Yeah. I liked racing bikes, but I'm not very passionate about really that much. Uh, mm-hmm. People with like really strong passions for things kind of annoy me, if we're being honest. Like if you're like, oh, I love strawberries so much. I have all strawberry print shirts. And I would be like, fuck those strawberries. <laughs> like, like, how can you love something that how like, uh, sure, have your passion, but you're going to annoy me if you're too passionate about a thing. And so like even cycling, like it wasn't like I was like, like people are like, oh, how great did it feel to fulfill your passion? And I was like, I just liked doing it more than I imagined working at a large corporation mm-hmm. would be. And so that was my motivation for racing bikes was to uh, stay out of the mundane. Yeah. What, what is it about uh, people's passions that, that annoy you? How can they be that passionate about something so stupid? <laughs> is what if, what That's, if it's something that you don't find stupid, or do you find everything stupid? like what? I don't know. Like what you tell tell me something that's not stupid. Passion. What what's your number one passion? I don't know. Uh, living, living. Yeah, I don't know. So do you just like advertise your zest for life everywhere you go? No. Yeah, then you're fine. Yeah. That's okay, it's it's the advertising of the passion. It's the advertising of yeah, the passion. yeah, yeah. I, I see that. Yeah. The nonstop talking about the passion and letting everyone know that they, that you have this passion. Yeah. Look, look at me. I'm, I'm this. Yeah. I'm this. Yeah. Isn't that or cool? I love this. Yeah. 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 I guess that's what it is. That's more what it is. Cause I, I mean, I probably have passions, but I, yeah, I don't really advertise them, mm-hmm. but uh, people are going to listen to this and be like, who's Tyson. He's not the authority on how I can celebrate my passions. If I want to celebrate it through printed t-shirts and you know, printed hats and printed pajama bottoms and seat covers and, uh, and posters on my wall and my Facebook page decorated with all of my passions, then who is he to say that I can't do that? Do it. We're just not going to be friends. Yeah. I I've literally through all of this now, just picturing strawberries for everything. They have strawberry pictures on the wall. (laughs) And there's probably people that are that passionate about strawberries, but you shouldn't be that passionate about strawberries because they're just a food. Yeah. They're good, but they're good. Sure. But every single focus in your life going to be directed towards strawberries because you love them so much. Should you have a strawberry shaped bed? No, no. I'm that'd be funny. Sure. <laughs> like if you took it that far, then maybe fine. I'll support your passion, but it has to be pretty deep in. Yeah. Um, so you imagined that you wouldn't like a mundane job. Uh, Correct. did you ever have a mundane job to test the theory? I worked construction all growing up. When I okay. we turned 10, we had to earn our own school clothes. My dad would provide us a job. And then we saved all summer for the school clothes that we wanted. And we, I think we got paid like a dollar an hour starting at 10 years old oh boy. To, go, to go sweep sawdust. It uh, seems like you were underpaid. For what I did, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I definitely killed a lot of time there. Uh, And at some point my dad, uh, so every year I would work, but I was, my sister, my older sister would go work and my younger brother would go work. And I was in, I was the second of four children and I would do as little work as possible. Mm -hmm. And 
So I would show up to work the least of everybody, but I would also do the least at work once I was there. I'd do more goofing around or finding out how to kill time versus. And and at 16, I remember going to my dad and being like, dad, guess what? You got to pay me minimum wage now. I'm 16. He's (laughs) like, okay, well, you got to work full time then. I was like, oh no, what have I done to myself? So he was like, you're the boss's son. You can't be like, have special privilege and show up whenever you want and get paid and do this and that. So you need to like be an example to the rest of the employees because you are the boss's son and come in on time and work a full day. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. So I did one full day. And then the next day I didn't go to work. (laughs) And then my dad came home and was like, okay, came home and he was like, what happened to full time? You got to work full time. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I just like am torn. And he's like, what, why? And I was like, well, there's two things. And I was like, you tell me which one is correct. Because I've been taught two different trains of thought growing up about employment or about jobs or about life or about anything. One of them is to do what you love and pursue doing what you love and spend your time figuring out how to do what you love. And then the other one is... Sometimes you got to be miserable because it builds character and you just got to like power through stuff that you hate because that's just part of life. And I was like, you tell me which one, dad, is correct if you tell me that I have to be miserable at work because honestly, the only thing I'm looking at the whole time I'm I'm at work is the clock. Mm -hmm. And I'm just daydreaming of the time when it hits 5 p.m. and I can get out of here. And he was like, uh, hmm. He never answered me. He just left the room, which is like my dad, like to a T, just like curious. Good question. Bye. Yeah. Good question. I'll see you later. I was like, uh, what? And so, uh, yeah, i never went, uh, and worked another full day again for him, but I did go in and work many part days. Well, there you go. It, it seems like he wanted to impart like uh, the value of hard work, but um, maybe it maybe what it taught you was that you don't want to do hard work. Uh, yeah, nobody wants to. Yeah, actually, there are people that do want to, but I'm not one of them. My dad likes to work. My dad likes to go to work. My dad likes like that's the, a thing that he likes. Mm-hmm. And part of it is I get it because he started a company that is his baby. Mm-hmm. So he likes to see his baby thrive and grow and be successful. And so I try to put myself in that perspective where if I had started something yeah, like, like your boss, Rob Sesternino, yeah, he puts in a lot of hours because he wants to see his baby grow. Well, so was, I mean, when you decide you don't, this is not for you, you'd rather do something, anything else, uh, yeah. than or than nothing mundane, at all or not, or nothing yeah. at all. I think my goal was nothing. I mean, admirable goal. Um, and so how did your dad feel about that? He doesn't, uh, from what I've heard so far, it doesn't seem like he'd be super happy with that, but he was also the one that encouraged you to do the. Yeah. Cycling. So he's very traditional. Like he's very old school. He's the guy who's like, okay, you're hurting. Just push through the pain. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're feeling sick. Just get to the finish line. Okay. You're doing like, he's v- like, are you dying? Then you don't have to see the doctor unless you're dying. There's no need. Uh, if your teeth do not hurt so bad that you are crying, there's no reason to talk to a dentist. Like he is like all of that. Mm-hmm. But 
He also is very good at understanding that not everybody is like that. Mm -hmm. And so when I said, I don't want to work and I want to race bikes, uh, I don't know if it was my mom or my dad. My dad has always been a cycling fan and he also rode bikes uh, uh, as a hobby, as a passion. And he, so he was pretty supportive there. He was kind of excited for that. But also my mom was like, okay, we paid for all the kids school. Uh, and you don't want to go to traditional school. We get that. So we'll help you move to Europe. And you've got like a few years that we will help if you need help. And then at that time, if you decide to become professional or do become professional, then that's your profession. And, uh, yeah, so they were pretty understanding about that. Yeah. So I was lucky and also that like I was in a position where they could support me a little bit to do that. Like I understand that not everybody has that luxury. So it was kind of like a safety net for me to like take some swings in life. And so like, I've always like strived to give my daughters those same opportunities where they will be able to take swings in life at things that they love or prefer to do over other things. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are you doing now? What is the, uh, what is the, the, the primary thing now? Um, I'm a pickleball influencer. So after winners at war on survivor, I usually after survivor, if you have a good run or well-known, you have your agent reach out and you do a bunch of appearances Mm -hmm. for like a year. And then that slowly evaporates. And then you've maximized your return on your latest season of survivor but because of the shutdown you couldn't really do appearances so you had to think outside the box kind of start moving stuff online i had fallen in love with playing pickleball here in arizona at my hoa and so i started looking into pickleball and seeing that there was no big celebrity or persona in the sport that had any amount of following mm-hmm. so uh I talked to a agent and told them what I wanted to do. And they laughed at me and said that was stupid. So then I went to another agent and there and the current agent I'm working with. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. So we just started reaching out to pickleball companies and uh, just started giving them our, you know, our pitch, which was, was like, Sponsoring a professional pickleball player is great for people who are very serious about pickleball, but we're not reaching the casual uh, people. We're not introducing people to the sport, which is what I want to do. And so, uh, yeah, Gamma, one of my sponsors, and Fila Pickleball uh, were all about it right off the bat. They were like, yeah, we love that. That's a totally different audience than anybody's been reaching in pickleball so far. So I do that. And then uh, I podcast about Survivor on The Ringer. Yeah. How has that been? It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. They've pretty much given me creative control of what I'm doing. And uh, we're going to add more stuff to it uh, next season. And yeah, just hopefully keep getting bigger and better. So right now, that's probably where my efforts are split is in pickleball and in that podcast specifically Mm -hmm. so yeah and that was a fun opportunity the ringer uh watched winners at war podcasted about it themselves uh were big tyson fans and uh gave me a call and asked if i would uh spearhead the new project and i did very cool uh 
pickleball. I've never played it, but it seems fun. Um, it's my understanding is that it's sort of like tennis, but uh, but like tweaked essentially. It's like a mix between ping pong and tennis. Okay, it's like it's probably like a third of the size of a tennis court, mm-hmm. and it's mo- primarily played in doubles. So it's not as much near as much running as tennis. And then uh, there's more of a slower, soft game, like the way the game is designed. It like uh, encourages slow play for at least a portion of the time. And uh, yeah, so it's one of those things. It's like if you have any paddle experience whatsoever, it's super easy to pick up. It's not like tennis where it's like, I need to spend uh, $50,000 on a coach and 13 years of my life before I can even become a novice. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, the learning curve is much quicker to pick up and uh, the community is like super welcoming and you can pretty much find a court anywhere you go and then just show up and people will be there ready to play you. I mean, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, What kind of like... uh when you say you're a pickleball influencer, you're trying to get people to play pickleball. Uh, what kind of things do you do to make that happen? Well, I just share uh, on Instagram. I just share stories about pickleball, show how much fun we're having, show some of the products I products I use, and uh, just kind of uh, yeah. There's kind of like this survivor fan base, and the pickleball demographic is kind of very similar in age and locations, et cetera. So I thought that that would be kind of a natural fit. And so, yeah, that's essentially it is I post on Instagram. And then when I go anywhere where there's a lot of pickleball players, I'll take free stuff from my sponsors, whether it's like Fila, uh, Fila wristbands or Gamma Pickleballs, or we have a new hydration company called Relight that uh, is an electrolyte mix. And we just give out free samples and talk to people and hang out and make sure everybody's having fun. Essentially what I do anyways, I just uh, now have a little bit of a motivation to do it. Right. Um, would you, would you say that uh, this is something you're, you're passionate about maybe a little bit? <laughs> no, <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like playing pickleball. I enjoy it. I look forward to doing it. Uh, but yeah, I don't have a license plate frame that says like, <laughs> will pickle for food or whatever <laughs> is is there a is there a verb for pickleballing uh probably pickleballing yeah not yeah. a fun one no just a normal one yeah yeah it's a shame you can say pickling probably make it happen man you're the influencer well i mean yeah i am the influencer that is true okay i'll come up with something clever <laughs> um so uh Obviously, uh, Survivor was a big part of your life. Um, now, was that something? Did you did you want to be on TV? Was that like a big part of? Um, no, no. Like, did they they found you and you just like took the opportunity? My dad is a my dad and mom are Survivor super fans. Mm-hmm. And after I came home from cycling, I was going to take a break from cycling and then maybe try and race in the U.S. because I was tired of living in Europe and kind of burned out. And, uh, I, uh, was home just kind of living off my savings from my few years of pro cycling. And 
just hanging out, like literally not hardly doing anything. And my dad got an email from one of his employees that had been forwarded a bunch of times that was just like, Hey, if you want to try out for Survivor, tell them, you know, like Kathy and Tom from Vail and send uh, Noel an email. And here's Noel's email address. And so my dad forwarded it to me and I saw it in my emails, but I didn't respond to it or anything. I just looked at it. And then a couple of days later, he called me and he's like, Hey, did you email that address to get on survivor? And I was like, no, I thought that's, I thought you were sending that to me to show that you were going to do it. And he was like, I'm not. And I was like, well, I'm not either. And he's like, well, I was like, he's like, you should try it. I think you'd be good. I was like, it's your show, dad. You should try it. Like in my mind, I was like, eh, nobody gets on those shows. What's the point of like wasting my time mm-hmm. with that when there's such a small percentage of people that actually get on coupled with the fact that I don't watch the show or care about the show. And the only thing, the only knowledge I have of the show, cause I was gone in Europe the whole time, like as it was exploding and everything, I was always out of the country. So I for sure had known about the show through my parents, but I just assumed it was like the modern day version of Matlock. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, okay, this is an older demographic. They enjoy the show. My parents love it. They're in this pool that records it all on VHS. And then they're making sure that nobody ever misses an episode. And my dad was like, well, I can't try out for the show because I have a family and responsibilities. And I was like, oh, I don't, (laughs) you know, like I knew what he was getting at. Yeah. So I sent an email to the email address, pretended like I knew who the people from Vail were. I was like, Hey, I know so-and-so from, I actually probably have the email still. Okay, here we go. If anyone wants to try and get on survivor, uh, email Noel here, send a pic with your email and say, you know, Carrie and Angie from Vail. Okay, so that's the first one. And my dad forwarded that to me from one of his employees. And then I wrote, Hi, Noel. I know Carrie and Angie. I was told to send you an email about the possibility of being on Survivor. I don't know if you need any info about me at the moment. From 2001 to 2007, I was a cyclist in Europe, racing pro for the last three years on a team based in Austria. I'm extremely charming and enjoy pizza and sitting in the sun. Not at the same time, though. I'm 29 and would give you my measurements, but I don't know them. Attached are a couple of pictures of me. I don't know exactly what you're looking for. I'll give you one of my face and then maybe one of me in my Halloween costume, which I designed and my mom sewed. If you need more info or photos, let me know. Thanks. And I think I sent her three of my Halloween costumes. Uh, One was a merman, which I had my mom sew, the merman tail. Mm -hmm. And then one was the ultimate warrior. And I made that costume myself. And then the third one was the hairy palmed blind man, where I cut up a wig and glued the hair of a wig to my palms. And then, uh, yeah. (laughs) Why? If you get it, you get it. I I don't get it, unfortunately. Yeah. So there's an old wives tale about uh, things that will make you go blind or that will make you grow hair on your palms. Oh, okay. Do you get it yet? I get it now. Yeah. Okay. Don't say, don't tell the viewers. I won't. No, it's, don't tell it'll, be, it'll be our secret. It. Nobody will get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh, I think people my age will get it uh, <laughs> or older. So anyways, uh, I sent that and then 
I wasn't really expecting to hear back, but I got a phone call about 10 minutes later from, uh, from Noel. And let's see, can you believe I still have all these correspondences? That's great. Yeah. So then she messaged back. I wonder if we can see exactly what time. So I messaged her at, yeah, I messaged her at one and she called me like half an hour later, but she messaged me and said, I'm calling right now, but here's the app to get started. You rock. And then she sent me the application, which I think was an print it. You had to print it out mm-hmm. and then fill it out and then mail it by hand. And at that time they gave you like a FedEx number to send everything in. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't even know why I didn't try sending stuff all over the country or all over the world to people using survivors FedEx number. I don't know how or how or if that would have worked because they are like, okay, send everything first overnight. Like for some reason they need everything first overnight or they did back then. And they're like, here's the FedEx number. So I can't imagine how many thousands of dollars they spent every season overnighting people's applications to them. I want to just have like a fax number. Well, because the application used to be like 700 pages long. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was like 40 pages long or 20 or something, but it was long, longer than it is now. Mm -hmm. Now it's like nothing and it's all digital, but even still, it's not like 20 or 30 pages like it used to be. Like they used to ask you like your favorite band, your favorite uh, food, what religion you are. Like they asked you everything. That ever, was that ever useful? I think it was useful in getting to know a person. Yeah. And to have an idea of who they were initially before you'd fly them out for casting and stuff. I mean, I, th- I, I would read your email and be like, all right, seems, seems pretty good. Seems like I want this guy on Survivor. Yeah. I spent almost zero amount of time doing that. That was one take right there yeah. because I did not care. And I think <laughs> that was kind of refreshing for them. Uh-huh. Uh, and it wasn't that I like uh, had any disrespect for the show. I just like wasn't familiar and I wasn't passionate about the show. So like it was z- zero loss to me. Mm-hmm. And I think they even at some point through casting, they were like, and what if you don't get on the show? And I was like, easy come, easy go, your loss. <laughs> and they were like, okay. <laughs> like they were just like this guy. Jeff yeah. didn't like me because I was so nonchalant about his show. Mm. Has that changed? Does he like you now? I think he likes me just fine. Yeah. I think I've done something for his series mm-hmm. along my path. I, I would so, say so. I think he understands me more mm-hmm. and can appreciate me more because I actually, you know, like I think their their goal when you go to casting is to make sure that you are not just playing a character mm-hmm. to try and get on the show. And I think Jeff was uncertain if I was playing a character. I think a lot of people were and maybe even still are uncertain to a degree about especially especially in token chains of like like how much of this is is just tyson playing it up yeah well token chains was and i have to say i was not a student of the game like as i went out on token chains i binge watched as many seasons as i could but my style isn't to take notes it's not to like you know, formulate a plan. It's definitely to fly by the seat of my pants. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but I did understand one thing from watching everything on the show. It was go hard enough to be memorable and maybe get invited back or win the million dollars. Like those are the two ways that you can benefit from being on this show. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, I'll just go as hard as I can. 
and say everything I want to, because the last thing I want is to try and hide only to then get voted out and never be remembered on, uh, or even have had the experience of being on the show. Because at that point, you'll go home and be like, oh, I should have said that. I should have done that. I should have gone harder. I should. So I was like, I'll just go as hard as I can. If I win, that's awesome. I'm going to try to win. But if I don't win, at least I don't have any regrets from holding back and trying to hide in the pursuit of winning. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like when you have the skill set that you do, where you have the ability to be very memorable when you do go hard, uh, it's like, why would you? Why would you avoid using that? You know, that's the thing. But like, that's the risk that they run every season with with anybody because you don't know how people are going to react to the cameras. You don't know how mm-hmm. people are going to react under stress and pressure of being on the show. And so, I think there is definitely, uh, no matter how well you vet a person, you still can't be fully certain that when you put them out there in the elements, they're going to then like perform how you hoped they would. Mm-hmm. And I think that. I know that Noelle, who casted both Coach and I, according to her, she said that nobody wanted us on the show. The network didn't think we would be great. Survivor was like, these guys are too out there. Like they don't have, they don't connect with middle America or with the salt of the earth. Like nobody is going to be able to rally behind these people and they're going to come off as like, you know, it's going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And Noel was just like, no, you have to, these guys just trust me on this one. You have to get these guys on there. And then I think when we were on there, I believe that that was uh, very good for her career. Yeah. Cause we were, I mean, there had been some characters on the show before, but there they really, you, if you look back, there hadn't been some people that outlandish, mm-hmm. like, and then after that, it started every season. They were like, we've got to find like the outlandish, the, you know, the brash, the ridiculous and put them on the show because people do love that. Mm-hmm. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What was it like for you uh, when the show aired and all of a sudden a ton of people now watching you know who you are or have an idea of like who, you know, survivor Tyson is, um, I, I, social media wasn't quite as, you know, massive as it is now, but what was that experience like? Uh, no, I, Twitter had just started like, I think that year, 2008 or something. And so I had a Twitter account. So I did have that going a little bit but it definitely wasn't to the point where everybody was turning to social media to, you know, reach out. Uh, 
but token chains was about 50 50 like it was like uh 50% of my interactions with fans were people who hated me mm-hmm. and the other 50% were people who absolutely loved me and coach's experience was everybody hated him mm-hmm. on token chains <laughs> so he would call me crying why do people hate me so bad i can't you know which is crazy now because people who go back and rewatch token chains now love coach mm-hmm. they love that character which is crazy in the last 12 years going from people who watched it live or real time absolutely hating him to finally appreciating like how wacky he is and uh and so for me yeah i was like 50 50 uh but like i'd have people on the street come up and be like are you as big a jerk in real life as you are on tv and i'd just be like probably bigger <laughs> And then that was the whole, like, and then I just ended it. Like, I was like, I don't have to have a conversation with this person. But then I'd also have like little kids come up and be like, you're our hero. You're the coolest guy that's ever been on TV. And their parents would be standing there like, we love you. And I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. So like, it was definitely a mix. And uh, so, yeah, but it, it never really, it didn't bother me. Like coach was really bothered by his portrayal and he was bothered by the reaction from the fans and, and all of that, like really got to him. And I, I mean, I experienced both. So like, it was a different experience than what coach had, where it was like pretty much everybody of the viewers at that point disliked coach. Mm -hmm. It's, It's a big like sort of shift in your life experience though, to have so many people sort of like, have an opinion on you at all right yeah i mean to a certain degree i i mean to a lesser extent i was like the i was the state swimmer of the year in high school in utah so like in the swimming crowd in the high school swimming crowd i already was you know Mm -hmm. pretty well known so on all these smaller networks and smaller levels so i think that like for me it wasn't like a gigantic shock yeah. Like even pro cycling, like people were asking for autographs and asking for pictures and stuff as we'd take the start of races. Granted, not a lot of people knew who I was. Like you, nobody would bump into me on the street dressed in regular clothes and be like, hey, you're a pro cyclist. But if I was in my pro cycling gear out training and was like stopped for a coffee or something, people would come up and be like, hey, can we get a picture? We know you're a pro cyclist type of thing. Even if they didn't know who I was, they recognized that I was a pro rider. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, so I don't know. I took to it pretty naturally, I think. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, do you feel like your, your kids, uh, have taken after you in, in sort of like how you are? So, uh, I, I guess like sort of like just you, you, the way that I see you is that you just, you're, you're very free. Like you're very, just like you do, you do what you want to do and you're not held back by, uh, by sort of like what people expect or want from you. Uh, yeah, but I think kids in general are more like that anyways. Yeah. I think that's like a childhood type of thing is to, and at some point you do lose that innocence when you are more concerned with what people think about you. Mm -hmm. And I definitely to some degree went through that as well especially when you know you're trying to win friends and be cool in junior high and high school a little bit. Uh, But like right now, a six-year-old and a three-year-old, they do whatever they want. And I think that the trick is nurturing that as long as you possibly can before 
they start to you know worry about if their hair is brushed or if their clothes are matching or don't wear the same clothes two days in a row because people will make fun of you at school like they're still too early for that and but i think that for me as a parent my goal is to build their confidence up enough so that when those moments do come uh they aren't bothered by them so you haven't reached like the uh embarrassing dad phase yet uh not yet my daughter still will hold my hand in public and give me hugs and tell me they love me. So not yet. We'll still see. Are you, will, will you lean into it when, when, uh, when you do get definitely. there? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. You got to, but it does take energy, yeah. especially with kids. It's like not easy to do stuff with kids. Mm-hmm. Like everything is a process. And I actually learned that from my brother. Like you just have to get out and do it with the kids because going to take time to get them ready. It's going to be an argument to get them out the door. It's going to be, then you're going to have to stop at the bathroom a few times. And definitely with kids, it's easier to just not do stuff because Mm -hmm. every single thing is, I mean, instead of me just leaving out the door and doing the thing I want to do, now I've got to schedule all these other kids and all these other personalities to do stuff. And even if it's something they want to do, it's still like, where's your shoes? Okay, let's get your shoes on. Okay, now let's get everybody's teeth brushed. Okay, now did everybody go to the bathroom yet? And it's already like half an hour into the thing that you could have been doing. So, but my brother has four daughters and he will take them out by himself all the time and do stuff. And I know that as a parent, like that's not always like what you want to do, but you just got to do it. Have Have you found that challenging to, you know, to to be a person that that was like, you know, I don't want to have like a mundane job. I want to do what I want to do um, to now have this responsibility that like, obviously you're not going to walk away from. Um, but has, have you had to like sort of shift your mindset at all in terms of like, like, okay, this is something that I I need to do regardless of how it feels. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think it's a shift because I think you, for me, I love my kids so much that I would that I want that for them. Yeah. And so for me, it's worth it all the time. And it's never like an inner struggle or anything I'm having. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, this is a pain. Is this even, yeah, you got to do it. We got to get them to the park so they can run around and learn to ride their bikes and do this or that. And so like, yeah, I, it's not, I don't think that that's really been a struggle. And uh, for me, it's still usually something that I want to do, or at least want to see them do, or, you know, whatever. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you definitely work out less, you definitely have less time for yourself, but that's part of it. Like there was a point in my life where I was like, I have too much time for myself. Mm -hmm. So, so it's good to just like have a different, (laughs) but that's like, really, it's like, what am I going to do today? I, I want survivor. I don't have to go to any work right now and I don't want to exercise all day long. So yeah. Uh, what's the plan for the future? Like, um, just, uh, do you plan to just continue the, the, the influencing and the podcasting? Um, or are there other like ambitions or like, like, what are your plans, goals? Um, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really make goals yeah. like that. So I just, uh, kind of just do what I'm enjoying doing. And then at the point where there's something more enjoyable then I shift or, where I don't enjoy it anymore. So those are like 
right now I love doing the podcast. I've been podcasting for a long time through other mediums. Uh, News AF has been going for what, six years. Uh, and before that, I did a lot of podcasting with Rob on Survivor specifically. And so that is, I mean, I have a pretty good resume as far as that goes and I enjoy it. So I'll keep doing that. Um, and then pickleball, like, I just don't know where it will take me, but you have to be uh, adaptable, Taryn, especially if you're trying to do things that you want to do versus something safe and corporate, Mm -hmm. then you do, I mean, you do need to definitely be a little bit adaptable and be able to shift and be able to change direction if you need to. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's definitely like a common theme of, you know, the things that I talk to, uh, or the the things that I talk about with people on this podcast, because so many of them are people that decided they wanted to just go on TV and live a a totally different kind of life and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's a huge thing that like, like every single one of them has a different path to get there, but it's always the same, just sort of um, not necessarily fearlessness, but, um, but just like willingness to be like, all right, you know what? I I don't want to live that kind of life. I'm going to try something else. And it's always, uh, you know, it's always just like, and then this thing happened over here. And so I decided to go over here and, um, and then it, it worked out or it didn't. Yeah. But that's what it is. That's, I think that, uh, not everybody, but a lot of people that go on the show, already have that mentality a little bit where they're like, I'm going to take opportunities and see where the opportunity leads. And maybe it leads to nothing, but maybe it leads to something. And then I'll take the next opportunity and you never know. Like so many people I think are focused on, my goal is to be on Broadway and then they get blinders on and they're like, unless it's Broadway, I'm not doing anything. You know, I'm going to say no to all these other opportunities because they're not the exact one I've pinpointed, but sometimes taking an opportunity, you don't necessarily think you're going to love or that you don't necessarily even know how it will relate will help you get to that point or help you discover something that you uh, like even more that you didn't even realize you were going to. Yeah. And so when people ask about like, how can I prepare to go on Survivor if that's my goal to go on Survivor, A, your goal should not be contingent on a large corporation deciding whether or not you're good enough to go on their thing. Mm -hmm. So I already think that that goal is not, it probably sounds a little bit uh, arrogant of me, but I don't think that that should be a goal. Mm-hmm. Like, cause you don't have control of that to, you know, to like having a desire to play is one thing, but being like, that's my goal. That's what I'm shooting for. That's the thing that I'm focused on. You, there's too many variables that are not up to you. Yeah. And so I think, uh, but when people do ask, I say that the thing you can do most, uh, to uh, help your chances in the game, if you get in the game, are gain life experiences through saying yes to a lot of different things that you maybe normally wouldn't say yes to or have been hesitant to. And not in a sexual way, Taryn, by any means, but like if somebody has an Sorry, I didn't mean to you, imply that I was thinking it was in a sexual way through yeah. my facial expressions. <laughs> but that's like, because in essence, you're trying to get along with a huge uh, uh, and all 
uh, you're trying to get along with a bunch of different walks of life. And the only way that you can really create bonds with, with everyone out there or with most people out there is to have a lot of different experiences in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where we see a lot of young contestants falter in the game is they don't necessarily have that life experience to be able to bond with uh, all different personality types on the show. Yeah. Uh, do you need to go? Do you have like a, an, an out here? Uh, I should go soon. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, thank you so much uh, for doing this. This was, that was uh, it. You wanted out and you asked me, and if I would have said, let's stay for a couple more hours, you, then what would have happened? Well, if you had said you had a little more time, I was going to ask you, and I guess I will now, uh, you don't drink. Correct. Uh, I grew up Mormon, mm-hmm. so I never drank growing up and, uh, I just never developed a taste for it or a desire. So I just don't drink. Uh, yeah. I 42. Why would I start? I have enough fun without drinking. I, don't necessarily feel like I would like uh, the feeling of being drunk and not being in full control of all of my faculties. Mm-hmm. And so again, I've never been drunk, so I don't know, but doesn't really, there's, yeah, there's zero appeal for me. But uh, when you say that, uh, a lot of people are like, you're a wackadoo. You've never, but if I were to be like, uh, I used to have a problem, then they'd be like, oh, you're a hero. Here's some medals. Yeah. So I'm, I'm minus the growing up Mormon part. I'm the same way. Um, and I really admire you, your sort of just like, uh, your ability to just kind of like, you know, like I'm me, you know, like I'm not gonna, not going to, you know, apologize for, I'm not going to let people, um, you know, sort of try to define who I am. Um, and, uh, and a big part of that for me was always, um, you know, I, growing up, not, not drinking. I always had the Mormon background, which people mm. just assumed because I was from Utah. Right. And then, uh, and then like, yeah, it's one of those things where like, I think if you just articulate it, like I don't drink. Yeah. Oh, okay. Then like, it's fine. But when you're like trying to skirt it or like soften it or something, that's when people are like, ah, come on, just like mm-hmm. have one, come on, you be with the, you know, then that's when it's more of an issue probably. And, uh, I don't know how you grew up, uh, but I grew up in an era where we had the safety kids on cassette tape. And basically they had these skits that were like, here's how you avoid danger. And one of them, one of the skits was essentially a group of boys pinning down another boy to dump alcohol down his throat to like, again, and I was like, Oh, that's going to happen to me at some point. They're going to like force me to do stuff. And I don't want to. And that never happened because who's going to give you a free beer when yeah. you want it. They're going to keep it for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, um, I, I never had too much, uh, trouble, but I, I knew people that did. And, and I always tried to tell them like, you just, you just have to be like forceful about it. You just have to like, be like, no, this is just the way it is. Um, yeah. and when you do that, most of the time people will not, uh, will not question it, but it is, it's, it just feels like, especially because I like most of the other people I know, or that, you know, um, that I've heard of that, that don't drink. It's because they are like they, they stopped drinking, right? right. Like they had right. a problem, they stopped doing it. Um, and so it's, it's like, it's just, it's hard to find people, uh, that can sort of relate to the experience of just being like, why would I want, why would I want to? I don't yeah. really, I don't really care to. Yeah. That's how I have 
kind of always been. And yeah, I don't like, I can be in rooms with people that drink. It mm-hmm. doesn't bother me. If people want to drink, I'll be the designated driver. I won't be the designated driver three days in a row, <laughs> Yeah, but I'll do it once. Yeah. yeah. Have you, have you found many like, uh, like friends or other people in your life that don't drink? Uh, yeah. I mean, just growing up LDS or right. Mormon, there's, uh, yeah. Anybody that is of that background or was, you know, so I would say, uh, yeah. I mean, most of my friends from Utah that I have from Utah still don't drink, maybe like 50%, 60%. Uh, so yeah. Cool. And then my family, none of my family drinks. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is, it's, it's a weird thing where it's like, I, I, I even sort of hesitate to hesitated to ask about it because I also like, I don't think it's something that you should have to explain because it, it is kind of the default of like, even if, even if you are just like, I don't drink people will usually just, at, they'll ask like, yeah, but, why? but why? Yeah. Like, is it, is it one of the defined reasons? Are you uh Mormon? Are you, did you, are you an alcoholic? Uh, are you straight, straight edge? Do you, do you yeah. have uh, X tattoos? Yeah. I don't have any X tattoos. <laughs> just like, I don't, I just don't want to like, what? Yeah. What? I don't understand that. You're supposed to have something like weird about you that makes you do this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're supposed to have a reason. Yeah. No reason at all. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I like candy. That's a vice, mm-hmm. but whatever. and pizza. I like pizza. Yeah. Why don't you like eating pizza outdoors? Too hot. Yeah. In what the if, sun. What if it was just like a nice warm weather? Not too hot. Uh, uh, warm. No, I think it has to be a little chilly. <laughs> a little chilly for pizza. You can't have hot meals on a warm day. <laughs> what, what's your favorite kind of pizza? Uh, probably something with most everything on it. Like a Supreme style pizza. Mm. How about good you? Stuff. Uh, I'm, I, I like, uh, I like the good old pepperoni. Yeah. That's a, a purist. Yeah, exactly. Throw, I mean, I'll throw some extra cheese sometimes, but I'm good with the pepperoni. And, uh, I th- I think with that, I think with that hard hitting question, um, we can, uh, we can, ra- we can wrap up. Okay. Well, uh, enjoy your pepperoni pizza. Thank you. And hopefully this is a smash hit like you, uh, hoped it would be instead of a waste of both of our times. You know what? It was uh, it was definitely not a waste of my time because uh, okay. it was such a pleasure talking to you. Likewise, Taryn. Uh, good luck with everything. Good luck with your back. Thank you. And uh, keep us updated. You'll keep us updated on Twitter how your back is doing. Um, I'll I'll try. Okay. Good. Good luck. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. See you, dude. See ya. And there you go. That was Tyson. It's just I keep saying it. It's so much fun talking to Tyson. I just really enjoy it. He's a he's a blast and. I'm so glad that I had the chance to talk to him. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Make sure you come find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Taryn Armstrong, hanging out with a, with a kitten. Uh, usually if you can hear, if you can hear this guy, uh, I've also, also streaming during the episodes of big brother and survivor. Uh, we'll probably be checking out the new CBS, uh, the challenge when that starts airing. If you're if you're interested in that, and uh, make sure you check out all the Big Brother coverage, Survivor coverage happening right now, Survivor Stock Watch, and find me on Twitter at Armstrong Taren, all, all that good stuff, and go uh, go check out Tyson and what he's doing with all his his pickleball stuff and and all the other stuff he's got going on. So thank you so much one more time, and I will see you next week. It's the t-
Terran show. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.